Hello, Tea with Miss McGill listeners. Don't forget to give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And remember, Tea with Miss McGill merch makes a great gift. Welcome, everybody, to the Tea with Miss McGill show, episode 58. It is Puka speaking. It is the star of the show, Reed Larson. Uh, for those of you that podcast only, uh, we teased some bonus material for last week. It's up on YouTube or Facebook, so be sure to jump over to our YouTube page, Goat Sports Media LLC. If you're searching it, that's where you'll find it, or I'll just go down in the show notes. You can catch it there, but uh, we did not throw that stuff on podcasts. So you got to find it on YouTube or Facebook. All right, as always, I want to start with some recent followers. Kara Starkovich, Tim Moline, Sean Nyhus, Nate Rewerts, and Kaylee Pogorels, who's someone I just might know. Um, if you just like them, and follow or subscribe to the Tea with Miss McGill. Well, probably Rewerts, right too, now. eh? Nate Rewerts, yeah. Probably, probably, probably cousin of Coach Rewerts, probably. Yeah. You know, something like that. So, uh, But anyway, thanks all you for following, subscribing. Like I said, be just like them, and uh, hit the follow button now. Like I said, episode 58, we're going to start out with our seven AA playoff recap presented by the Blandon Foundation. So students and parents, you want to turn this one up. Today is the deadline. It is March 1st. You might be burning the midnight oil. Uh, scholarship season is here. The Blandon Foundation is accepting applications for its scholarship program until March 1st, today. Blandon the Blandon Foundation scholarships offer support of $1,000 to $5,000 per year. Scholarship staff can also connect you with other resources to help you reach the finish line of your educational goals. Students can use Blandon Foundation scholarships for any type of school after high school. Certification programs, community, technical, or tribal college, and four-year colleges and universities. Students who have, who have graduated or are graduating from an Itasca County school, including Black Duck, North Holm, Shig, Hill City, and Northland Reamer, are encouraged to apply. So can homeschooled or online schooled students who have graduated from one of those schools. Uh, students can apply for a scholarship until they are 25 years of age or have completed a bachelor's degree. So if you have taken some time off and want to return to school, you can still apply and receive support. You must reapply for these scholarships each year you plan to attend college. New this year, students who plan to attend the Itasca campus of Minnesota North no longer have a separate application and must apply through the Blandon Foundation. Three easy steps to apply, get your student aid, FAFSA, uh, the Blandon Scholarship staff can help you with that if you need help. Uh, get your household's uh, 2021 tax form and fill out the online application at blandonfoundation.org backslash scholarships. And of course, as always, just go down. That is also linked in the show notes. Click it. It'll bring you right over uh, to the Blandon Foundation's website. So thank you so much to the Blandon Foundation and go out and get that money. All right. So Coach Reed Larson. So Saturday, you know, matinee, um, Grand Rapids Andover obviously didn't turn out the way you guys wanted. I was in a basketball gym all day. I didn't really get to see or hear, catch any of it. So I'm excited to hear kind of the recap. Well, we knew going into that game that we were going to have to play a pretty good game. And I think we mentioned this in the last show that in order for us to uh, to challenge and give our ch ourselves an opportunity to beat Andover, we couldn't allow three players to beat us. And ultimately, 
three and add the goalie four players beat us that night their goalie was pretty good between the pipes we had some chances to score goals and we just couldn't bury it uh, but they really did out of the five goals they scored on us it was the three guys that we thought we needed to contain three basically three guys and fortunately for everybody in section seven next year they they lose all three of those guys yeah. sure so it, it's it's like okay it's everybody's ball game after that again so you know we played a pretty good first period we kept it zero zero going in at the first intermission uh they scored 15 seconds into the second period it was legitimately uh our defender has got the puck in the neutral zone he he, he literally tripped over himself on accident and fell and the guy had a breakaway and, and basically scored. And it was one of their top guns was okay. Johnny on the spot. So they take the momentum right out of the gate there in the first 15 seconds, but we're, we're still in the game. Uh, and then just, you know, a few minutes later into the, I don't know how much time it was. It feels like it all meshes together, but they score a power play goal within, you know, the first half of that period to go up two to nothing. Uh. So the game's not over at that point in time. And we go into the locker room in the second period. And I think we're only down two zero going in at, at the second intermission. Um, but, but if we have chances on the power play, like we did, we didn't capitalize. Uh, we had opportunities. There actually was a power play in the first period that we had where puck movement was really good on our power play in the first period. We, we actually looked some of the best we've looked all year on the power play, Nice little play across to Luca Roloff. Luca had a shot that literally went off the butt end of the goalie's stick, oh, and he missed. It was a wide open net, hit the goalie's butt end, no goal. Um, we score that. It's the first goal of the game, and, and tempo can be a little oh, bit different. Sure, yeah. You know, the wind is in the sails, the confidence is pumping. The, the, the longer we went without scoring a goal, the, the more it became frustrating, and people start to press a little bit more. And uh, they did end up at the end of the day beating us five to zero. It wasn't a 5-0 hockey game. Uh, they scored three power play goals. Oh, they had two even strength goals. Uh, we did not score any, which is difficult. You're not going to win a game if you don't have any offense that's generated. We did generate opportunities, I shouldn't say, if you don't have offense. We had offensive opportunities. We just didn't bury and capitalize our yeah. chances. When you said the goalie played well, too. He did. Yeah. He, he That was one of the games, and apparently he had only given up you know, a handful of goals in the last – five games. So he, he'd done his job the last portion of the year. So, you know, we'll get into the preview for tomorrow night's game as far as Andover and Duluth East. But like I said, we, we knew going into that game as a, as a two, three seed, uh, quite honestly, I still think that Andover is the better team in our section, even though East earned the, the number one seed, they did beat them. They earned that seed, yeah. but, uh, but Andover is the best team in our section. Okay. They are. And we had to beat the best team in our section in order to advance to the finals. And, it was a tough task. Uh, just a huge thank you to everybody that supports that that organization. Yeah. It was it was fun to be part of that group of kids and look forward to the future of what we got coming. But it's uh, it's a somber day at the old Larson oh, yeah. household here for <laughs> for uh, at least a few days where we grieve the loss of our season and and start shifting gears to developing for the next year. Sure. So onward and upward. You, you'll probably likely want to talk a little bit more well, here about the next game. Yeah, well, or the, yeah, game, yeah, before the game before that. you. Yeah, yeah. So you got like I said you got we had the one fortune. Yeah, you had the one. You had the second game. So the the first game was was East Coon Rapids. Like I said, we were kind of pulling for a Cloquet East, which Coon Coon upset Cloquet. Um, again, I have no details. So so give me the. They did. We, we got there in the with probably about 12, 13 minutes left in the first period, and Coon Rapids was up one to zero. Ooh. Yeah, they, they actually were putting the heat on in the first period, but ultimately what happened is, is I think they were running their top line guys as much as they could. They started to run out of gas. I think East was just trying to get their legs underneath them. 
uh, trying to get, you know, used to being back where they, they hadn't been at the Anzuel Arena for a year. They lost out in the quarterfinals a year before to us. So it'd been a year and that, you know, the first time in the, the Patosha coaching area era that they make it to the semifinals at Amsoil, I think there were some nerves sure. of guys in there that, you know, this is their last opportunity. Keep going. This team has already, has already made an upset this season by knocking off Cloquet. Uh, they played a tough game. Coon Rapids was a tough team. I'm really impressed with, with uh, the coaching staff there and what they've done with that program and how hard those kids work. Uh, they were not the better team, so they did. They uh, ultimately end of the game. At the end of the game, it was a four-one hockey game. Duluth mm-hmm. East came back uh, late in the first period, pumped one in. I think they went in the first after the first intermission. I think it was one-one going in, okay. but then it was all Duluth East the rest of the way. I think Coon Rap was just trying to find their way, trying to keep their composure in a a different atmosphere that they had never been sure. in before, uh, at least not in this section. So it was, but it was good for a young coach, Aaron Frock, to be in that position. Um, it was it was good for their kids and their program to be in that spot. Um, hopefully that they, they can continue to do some good things for their program. I was really impressed with them. And uh, but like I said, Duluth East, uh, they took the W. It was four to one. And they move on to the championship game tomorrow night where they'll face off. And we'll preview those games here just in a little bit. But they'll face off against number two and over. Yeah. Who, right. In my opinion, is still the better team. But... They get to have home ice advantage. Yeah, more or less, exactly. All right, smash the like button for us, and we'll move on to our 70 semifinal recap brought to you by our friends over at the Ring Sports Bar and Grill. Like I said, I didn't get to catch any of the AA stuff. I spent the day in a gym in Eveleth, in the old Eveleth gym, uh, with the big golden bear in the middle of the floor. Um, so lunchtime, what do we do? We head over to the Ring Sports Bar and Grill. Um, Using up those gift cards, actually saw some hockey people. The Brock Harling from Greenway, a bunch. Of, I think they had like a mini tournament going on, and I have cool. a bunch of hockey people were there, so it was good to see. Uh, my mother had the Reuben. My daughter had hot hot wings. My wife with the patty melt. I had a French dip. My nice. daughter, uh, the player, had a gyro. So big menu, big selection. We all loved our meals. So when you're in the Quad Cities area, like we've been telling you all year, the Ring Sports Bar and Grill, just off of the Hockey Hall of Fame in Eveleth, is the place to go in the quad cities. So what you're saying is, is when you go off on a basketball trip, you need to take a break to go into a hockey I, themed restaurant, right, yeah. just to make sure to, that you have your loyalties in the right to spot. To get some fresh air. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's <laughs> Nothing against like you basketball people out there, but if you're a hockey person, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, you, so, you know what I mean. And it was like, I said, it was good to see, good to see kind of some hockey families in there, a bunch of little kids running around. So yeah. the Rink Sports Bar and Grill is the place. All right. So many of you know some of the scores. Um, so it was it was Chisholm, Herbentown, Rockridge, Denfeld. Um, you know, I guess kind of what do you think of the seedings now? You know, normally the two three game is the game, which ended up being a blowout. The one four game ends up being a tight game. You know, almost overtime. I was kind of hoping for it um, there. Um, so again, the seating just I, I don't know. It just any thoughts? I guess before we actually get into. Well, the I think you probably would have saw a better game in that semifinal game. Um, I don't know that the result would have been any different, to be honest with you. I, I can't argue with you that the seeding seemed like it maybe was a little off when you watch the Rock Ridge final, but excuse me, if you watch the game, you, you probably saw that, uh, that coach Jago was doing a lot of different things in that game to try and get his team back in it. That weren't really what you would normally do in a game. That game was not a 12 to one game. It was more like a six, one or seven, one, but as soon as they hit, they were down five or six to nothing. 
uh, Coach Jago started to do some different things in that game, like rotate all three goalies in the third period. He did that. He started to run a, a system where in the D zone, he never even kept his wingers in the zone. Like he ran them out to the neutral zone and told them to plant out there. Hopefully they can get a breakout pass or a breakaway pass. Well, those two guys were out in the neutral zone. So did the defenseman for Rock Ridge. They just hung out and started shaking hands in the neutral zone. There was a three on three down low situation in the zone. And the skill over prevailed because all of the skill guys that he was trying to float the zone were in the neutral zone. Yeah. Uh, he had the skill guys for rock Ridge were all down low and they were beating the down low guys. And it was just goal after goal after goal, uh, putting goaltenders in situations where they didn't have a chance to warm up. Really. They were just in there. He wants to give seniors a chance to, to play in that position. I like and that I, by the way. I do too. I really appreciate the fact yeah. that he did that. However, that made it look more like a lopsided game than it actually was. It was lopsided. Don't get me wrong, but I I still can't sit and really complain a whole lot about where the seating was. I can see how the Hibbing people maybe could complain about it. Um, the only thing I can say is I don't know of, of too many teams that could have put the fight up in a semifinal game that Hibbing put up. Hibbing was the perfect team to play them in the semifinal because they actually put a fight up against them. Yeah. Now, I'm sure the Hibbing people are thinking, well, maybe if we'd have played like that, we'd have beat Rock Ridge, and we'd have been sitting in this position to do that again the next night. I don't know how many nights in a row the Hibbing can do that. Right. I mean, I just remember thinking back to your conversation that you had and some of our bonus material and in your interview with Coach Rewerts. They had 11 seniors on that team. And one of their seniors was a goaltender who played out of his mind against Hermantown. I mean, Brayden Boyer played a lot of good hockey games this year. He was unbelievable in that game. And so were the other 10 seniors in that game. Blocking shots, not giving up any second opportunities in the defensive zone. They played with the sense of urgency exactly of what Coach Rewert said in your interview. Yeah. You have 11 guys that are playing, if not their last game, they're fighting for another one where – I don't know that any of the other teams that could have played that way against them, they gave themselves a chance to win. So will I argue, could the seeding have been different? It could have been, it could have been, but it wasn't. So <laughs> it ended up what it was. And some of the hippie people can, I guess, still kind of say, well, we could have, should have, would have, that's the way it is. Well, I'm catching Hermantown in the semifinal game too, versus the final game could have been to him because advantage too. You know I mean? Obviously yeah. the final game is a bigger game than the semifinal game. Right. You know I mean? It's all the playoffs, but um, you know, the cameras will be there tonight yeah. uh, for that finals game where, you know, this one was streamed a little bit of a different. Well, game. they also matched up against a Hermantown team that had one of their top three forwards out of the game. Yeah. Matt Copenin wasn't playing. Right. He was sick or whatever was going on. Then a couple other guys that were bumped and bruised a little bit. Everybody's back in the lineup tonight. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there was, that's an X factor. And if you think one guy makes a difference, it does when you're talking about one of their top three guys. Sure. So final scores end up being uh three to two Hermantown over Hibbing. Hermantown scored with 15 seconds to go on a fast rush, fast rush coming back. Um, you know, I really wanted to see overtime there because obviously the pressure, you know, the pressure's on Hermantown. And then the Denfeld-Rock Ridge game ends up 12 to 1, um, obviously in favor of Rock Ridge. And, and, you know, we talked about Denfeld. We didn't really touch on Rock Ridge, but they were ready to play. I mean, they came to play. Rock Ridge was on point, yeah. man. I, I'll tell you what, man, they're going to give themselves a chance tonight. I really think that they're going to give themselves an opportunity. I, I can't say that if you play that exact way that you're going to win, you're going to have to change some other things. And I've had some conversations, uh, you know, today and, and yesterday with some of the coaching staff at Rock Ridge and just kind of share, well, if, if you care, 
I got some things that I maybe I can help you with. Sure. Uh, you're going to have to get the goaltending that Hibben got. And I think Ralph Fork has got it in him. Um, but he, but he's got to play with more urgency. He's only a junior. He's got to play with the urgency of a senior. Okay. Right. Um, they're going to have to do the same thing that Hibbing did when it came to sacrificing their body. You can't give up odd man rushes against that team. You can't give up rushes, period. You have to keep the gap between your defensemen and their forwards so much so that you are in their face all the time with back pressure all of the time. Because if those guys get any room on the rush, they're going to score. That's the bottom line. You have to block shots in the defensive zone. Like you are ready to put a bare hand in front of a puck because you want to stop it. You're not the type of person that's going to jump out of the way or flamingo your foot out of the way. So get that into everybody's mind that the sacrifice that you are making tonight needs to be exactly what Hibbing did in the defensive zone and the neutral zone. Yeah. And the offensive zone is going to come. That's the area I don't think that Rock Ridge struggles with. I think they've got offensive players on their team. Um, but I but I, I hope that I see tonight that they play the way that Hibbing did defensively. Okay. Well, yeah, and the block shots. I mean, I would not have called Hibbing a shot-blocking team through the no. course of the year. But they blocked a lot of shots and, and got in front of a lot of rubber um, there on Monday night. And uh, obviously that, that helped Boyer. But like I said, Boyer was pretty lights out too. Yeah. All right. Hammer that thumbs up button right now. So we will now preview the games. Uh, our preview section this week presented by Iron Range Apparel, the Gift Buyers Paradise. That's what we call it. Thunderbird Mall over in Virginia. Um, they got all kinds of Minnesota theme, you know, coffee cups, coasters, all kinds of knickknacks, um, all kinds of lines of clothing, including the ODR line, which are you know, baseball caps, winter caps, hoodies, jerseys, T-shirts, everything. Um, so if you're looking for some swag to look cool at the ring, obviously playoffs are going on. State tournament next week. You want to have your ODR swag on. So you want to look real good for that. But if you're looking for a gift for anybody, um, head down to Iron Range Apparel to Thunderbird Mall, and they'll take good care of you. The gift buyer's paradise. The gift buyer's paradise. That's what I call it. That's where I go for everything. All right. So back to 7AA. East Andover. So it sounds like you're, you're kind of leaning towards Andover. Yeah, I don't want to lean that way. I'm sorry, Andover. I don't want to lean in that direction to see a, a Southern team win. I really don't. So do I think that Andover is going to win? I, I think there's a better chance that they're going to win, but I sure am hoping that East plays the way they can because they've found a way to beat them before. So I think there's a few things that East is going to have to do. I think East is, is going to have to be opportunistic like they were at the Heritage Center back in January when they beat them. Yeah. Um, they're, they're also going to have to figure out a way to get under the skin of Gavin Thorson and Cooper Conway, because those guys, they, they play with fantastic passion for the game. I, they love the game of hockey. They play with passion, but they also get involved a little bit too much with extracurricular things that can get oh. them put into the sin bin. They like to chitter chatter. They like to chirp. They like to talk about how bad you are and how good they are and, blah, blah, blah. I'm a Mr. Hockey candidate and you're not yeah, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I mean, they like to talk about those things uh, and they say it on the ice to players about how bad you are and this and that. And they're not afraid to do that. They, but if you can find a way to take whatever it is they're using and turn it against them and, and, and get under their skin, they will take penalties. Uh, they, they did in our game. And unfortunately there was a couple of times where you know, they took a penalty, one specific that I remember from our game against them, that they took a, a dumb penalty, but we responded in a way that we shouldn't have, and we evened the penalty up. We could have had a five on three. 
Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but it happened that way, and that's just the way it works. So East needs to exercise their discipline. They need to have a couple of guys that play that little chatterbox role on their team. I don't know who it is on that Duluth East team. It's probably Wyatt Peterson. It could be Cole Christian. I don't know. I hope a couple of those guys just decide to just find a way to poke, poke, poke until Thorson turns around and whacks somebody and takes a five-minute slashing penalty or until Conway decides to get so out of his game that he can't focus on his own. Okay. So Interesting. I think East has a couple of things they can do. They need to be opportunistic on their chances. And this is going to be a game of, of special teams. Stay out of the, bo the box, but if you do take penalties, you better be spot on with goaltending and penalty kill because they got a good power play. They're really good. But so is East's power play good too. So that if they get into penalty trouble, I can see East scoring a power play goal or two. Yeah. Okay. And then and if they can play a gritty style where they knock Andover around the rink tonight physically and stay out of the box at the same time, I think East is going to have success. Okay. And, you know, the crowd obviously should be in favor of East. There's going to be way more East fans than there are and over. That's the bottom line. And, line. And, and I think everybody in the area that goes to watch that game that isn't a fan of either team is going to probably be cheering for East yeah. because most of these people are coming from area teams. And the last thing that we want to represent section seven at the state tournament is a team from the Metro. Right. It just doesn't sound right. Um, so everybody's going to be cheering for East as much as people over the years have hated East and this and that. It's always been a rival being from Grand Rapids. But um, you know what? When it comes down to rivals this or that, I'd rather see our rival from our area go down to the state tournament than see someone from the Metro. Oh, yeah. I think everyone's good. And, and that's why I kind of like it's like don't lose sight of that 12 to 1 game. That felt Rockridge in the sense that if Cloquet would have remained double A and if Proctor and Hibbing and everybody went went to double A, that's probably what the seven A finals would have been going forward because Hermantown would have played Moose Lake, yep, or Ely, yeah, or Silver Bay, uh -huh. or somebody along those lines, and then you know even WDIO maybe saying, well, I don't know if we're going to cover this anymore. It's kind of a boring game. So well, it's, it's going to get to that point at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, all right. So on the single A side, like I said, Rockridge, Hermantown facing off here in just a couple of hours. I I didn't notice this. You're a coach, you probably might watch this a little bit more closely. So obviously, big league for Rockridge. Did they start resting some of the horses towards the end? Yeah, they played four lines at the end of the game. I think probably as soon as they popped in their fifth goal, they were rolling four lines. Okay. And Benny told me that in my interview with him that, that we we have four lines of guys. I don't know. Denfeld doesn't. They've got two. They've got one superstar and another kid that's pretty good, and and then some guys that are some pretty good support players. But they don't have, uh, they don't have. They're not four lines deep like Rockridge is. I mean, they, I and I just said, well, I hope you are. You've got two storied programs that you just combined in the last two years. I hope you're deeper than everybody else. You should be. Yeah. Um, and, and I think they play and they, they use their depth really wisely. Tonight, there's another way that their depth is, is going to help them is they, they'll be able to use TV timeouts to their advantage, uh -huh. right? Uh, the home team can also use TV timeouts. Just keep that in mind that anytime somebody comes into a game uh, and they want to keep their top line out as a coaching staff, you need to know and make sure that you talk to the, the TV people. What time is what time on the clock each period are you taking your TV timeouts? It's usually somewhere around the 12 or 13 minute mark, the eight minute mark and the four or five minute mark wow. is when those TV timeouts will come in. So you need to plan as that game goes on is every single time there's a TV timeout, I have to come back with my top line. Okay. Um, and that's not going to be a problem for Rock Ridge because they're going to play four lines. 
Uh, but Hermitown will will play not roll four lines, but they will play three and they'll alternate their third and fourth line because they're pretty similar. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll see how that plays into it. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so uh, we've got kind of a funny little post up on our Facebook page. Uh, if you catch us before <laughs> the game, uh, check that out on the on the Hermantown uh, Rockbridge game. All right. Anything else on the previews? No, I just I just think if you've got the time to flip that on on the WDIO tonight, catch uh, Alicia Tipke and, and company um, giving you that game uh, uh, for the Northland. Uh, they'll put that up on, on TV, and it'll also be streamed on their webpage as well, too. Uh, check that baby out. Uh, you're going to see in full force, you're going to see some some black and green in that building tonight. Yeah, they well, are yeah. going to come from that Iron Range area in waves. Yeah. That place is going to be packed with people, and there's going to be even people from the area that aren't from the Iron Range that are wearing black and green going, I want you guys to win. Yeah. I'm sick and tired of watching somebody win every single year, and it, you can badmouth me or anybody in our organization all you want. I've got the utmost respect for Pat Andrews and, and Hermantown for what they've done, but I am also a hockey fan that likes to see other people win. So I'm, I am cheering for Rockridge. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. And I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think uh, uh, the green did it in 2019, yeah. the Greenway Raiders. Yeah. So maybe the, the little bit of green that but uh, I, did, asked me. I did tell Ben Johnson this today when I text him and wished him good luck. I said, I'm going to be wearing my blue devils Jersey tonight. <laughs> uh, and that's only because you haven't given me a rock range. That's right. Yeah. So I, you better get Still me one for one back. Otherwise there. I'm going to wear my blue devils Jersey and I'm going to be cheering for rock Ridge. Uh, maybe I'll, I've got some kind of golden bear, something somewhere that I can hang on to, but I'll be wearing that. And I, and I know my mom commented a couple of times on Facebook today too. My mom is a Virginia native. She grew up and graduated from Virginia class of 65. So she's like, go blue devils and bears. She says, sorry, I had to say it. it it's just too deeply rooted in my soul. And I, I get it. There's a lot of people that will think that way, but just keep this in mind when you're cheering for your team tonight. If you're cheering for Rock Ridge, this is the first time that this team has been in, in it. And I talked to Ben about this in our interview and in the chat with him that it, there's no such thing as, as the Blue Devils and the Bears anymore. That That is all in the past and it's great history. Yeah. But they're starting a new history right now and they're starting to edge their name in stone. This is their first trip to us to a section final as an organization and hopefully you get to see a brand new team go down to the xl energy center that's never been there before yeah. in the rock ridge wolverines good luck to you guys. yeah big first step tonight for the program all right scores and more presented by aspire heating and control your local bryant dealer and the official heating and cooling company of your minnesota wild is specialized in gas electronic and hydronic heating and cooling systems for existing and new construction Residential and commercial installations are available. Services include forced air systems, boilers, heat pumps, mini splits. They are indeed licensed and bonded. Justin is the guy you call, 218-999-5957. I just talked to a listener that got hold of Aspire last week. Very happy with everything. So just uh, any, yep, any furnace trouble, um, heating. Of course, we'll get into the cooling more to, so during our interview uh, time. But for right now, it's it's cooling, or excuse me, it's heating. So Justin is the guy, 999 59 57. All right, real brief scores and more uh, for the uh, week that was. Rozo, 6-1 win over Elk River. I, uh, interesting thing about Section 8AA, everything's home site. So Rozo wins up at Memorial over Elk River on Saturday, 6-1 win. They face Moorhead uh, tonight, I believe. Yeah, tonight in Moorhead. 
Warroad, six one winners at the Ralph over Thief River Falls. They've got East Grand Forks tomorrow night for That's the eight game. game. Yep. Um, and then of course the Walleye Scott Edina update. Walleye Scott, a, let's hear it. Walleye. Edina, the five two win over Minot Saint Margaret. They face Wyzetta tonight. I just saw something on Facebook before we turned the camera on. Game is sold out. Um, the Edina Wyzetta. I can't game. believe I'm saying this, but good luck, Wyzetta. <laughs> I, I go get him. But yeah, five two win over Minot. Because I'm not a fan of Wyzetta either. Like that's always been. It's still a City Slickers team to me. I like. I like Pat. Pat O'Leary as a coach, but I, I would rather see Wyzetta win than Edina. Well, <laughs> Walleye Scott did get a hold of me too. Question for Reed: What what has happened to Bloomington Jefferson hockey? That is a really good question, Walleye Scott. Um, just just from my perspective, and this is just from an old North guy. I, I haven't spent a whole lot of time in the Twin Cities, so I don't know the ins and the outs of it. But just from what I've seen, and and I think that Bloomington Jefferson was at the peak of its game during the Tom Satterdahlen era. I think that. It was really a, a top program with Tom Satterdown. It, it made some shifts and changes with coaching. And when coaches leave, sometimes players leave too. And I think that was also during a time frame where not only did Tom Satterdown retire after that, but th it was really kind of when when private school hockey was yeah. starting to make a charge. Uh, you know, with with teams like you know Murray, uh, they've always been good, but yeah. there were there were some years there where they were really good, uh, and been able to start yeah, making, yeah. Uh, showing their face at state tournaments, um, and, and coming into the centennial? mix. And, and, and centennial, or centennial. No, they're centennial. not private, but they are they are a team that has really kind of resonated people to that area. It's yeah. kind of they've I don't know if resonates a word I'm looking for, but attracted. they've yeah, yeah attracted people that way right? They've come that direction. Um, so uh, just in my point point of view, I think part of it is you, know, you lost a legend as a coach and sometimes that changes things. Sure. Um, and sometimes players leave. Okay. Okay. Interesting. All right. What a quick shout out to the girls, Gentry Academy, your double A state champions, world warriors, your single A state champions. I see they broke the single game goal record of 15 win win over Albert Lee you know, I started thinking about that at first. I was like, well, that's kind of distasteful. But what are you supposed to do when you're at the state tournament? Tell your kids not to go and go hard. I mean, you're naturally going to go and go hard. It's kind of a tough situation. You're going after every little bit of it. Yeah. I, mean, I don't give a crap what who you're playing or what you're doing. You're you're playing every single shift like it's the last. And because it for the seniors, it is. It's, yeah. the, it's the last sets of games for you. Right, you right. want to walk out of there with a state championship and you're playing the best you possibly can. Yeah, I agree. All right, Max Strand, last year's Mr. Hockey, I see with a commit to Vermont. So congrats, congratulations to Mr. Strand. Um, just And another shout out to just a few of the youth teams, uh, some stuff I missed last week. Speaking of Rock Ridge, first ever Rock, this is the first year ever of Rock Ridge youth hockey too. First ever Rock Ridge team to be district champions was the Bantam Bees. So congratulations to you guys. Um, the Grand Rapids AA Bantams headed out to East Grand Forks for Regions. So congratulations to you. And the Grand Rapids Squirt A's wrapped up their season uh, at the Squirt International. Do you know how many teams they get at that Squirt International? Because they made, yeah, they made the, I, I heard it's 40 plus, but they made uh, the Sweet 16 um, 30 and 3 record for uh, Coach Skelton and Coach Pierce. So congratulations to the coaches. Congratulations to the kids on a great year for the Grand Rapids Squirt A's. All right. Anything to add to episode 58? No, but I do want to back, just backtrack a second. I, I think that there is the, the piece on Bloomington Jefferson. Can I just add one more yeah. piece to that? Um, 
I think there's been a change though since the early '90s in socioeconomic status in that area too. Yeah. And somebody, oh, Richfield doesn't have a team anymore. Yeah, right? so some of the teams in that particular area they they were more affluent, and I think a lot more of the affluent families started moving out to Eden Prairie and Lakeville, and I that has something to do with it. Prior Lake. Yep. So I think when you start looking at, well, it doesn't matter if you're wealthy or not and you play hockey, it kind of does to a certain extent. Um, because sometimes you end up ending up playing in places where you play with the haves and have nots. And the haves tend to have more things to give you resources to be better sometimes. And it really socioeconomic status does have a lot to do with development of the game in different areas of the state. And that is actually a couple of different arguments that came into the conversation, which maybe we'll use for another day, uh, just to touch back on this for another topic when uh, we start talking more about the Hermantown not moving up and other people. That was another piece that got thrown in there by Scott Pionk yeah. about the affluent area sure. of Hermantown and how that's different than it ever was. Now there's more people that have money that live in that area. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the only town that really, I mean, you know, the rings keep going. Look at Rogers. Look at, like I said, Lakeville. I mean, yeah. you know, Lakeville people used to be like Burnsville people, but the only town that kept it together is like Edina. You know what yeah. I mean? That, that, that hasn't changed. That's like, always you know, been the same. It right, right. That, that's either. from the seventies. I mean, it just like Joey Pankratz, he's my age coach of prior Lake. Yep. He was a, you know, a fantastic hockey player at Bloomington Jefferson, uh, Mike Crowley, Mr. Hockey, 1994. Nah, he's where now? He's, he's in Prairie. He's in Prairie. You know, so, so they're, you know, they haven't stuck around like, you know, per se, some Edina people have. Well, that's just to say, too, if you were looking at it from a northern point of view, there there are families that uh, used to be East and Duluth families that are now Hermantown families. Exactly. exactly. And, and they, they go where some of the, the people from their friend groups and people groups and, and socioeconomic groups end up going. Sure. They Absolutely. All right. Please comment. We appreciate your comments. That's always great. Uh, um, I think we just had a oh, what was our question just a second ago somebody's got the answer to that uh let me scroll up here oh how many teams in the fargo score day tournament if you, international if you know that please comment we'd like to know that uh goat sports media llc at gmail.com if you want to contact us a little bit more privately of course hammer the follow button share the show uh tea with miss mcgill instagram spotify apple podcasts t mcgill on twitter facebook and youtube search goat sports media llc uh, merch, we've got the shirts, 20 bucks, get your shirt, cash app, Venmo, PayPal, we'll take care of all that. If you'd like to ad advertise on the show, you must email us there. Um, for now, though, we've got some of the greatest advertisers we could ever ask for, the Ring Sports Bar and Grill, Iron Range Apparel and ODR Apparel, Aspire Heating and Control, Iron Range Goalie Academy, the Blandon Foundation, uh, for Reed Larson, I am Puka, get out there and be your dream. You're tuned to the Tea with Miss McGill show. A production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.